0: Hey, this is Eric Straczynski from the Preacher Boys Podcast and the Good Story Podcast. And if you want to build world-class communication skills, you should be listening to the Art of Communication Podcast with my good friend, Greg
1: Rice. Welcome to the Art of Communication, where entrepreneurs learn to grow their business more effectively through mastering their ability to connect to others. Whether you're looking to increase revenue, widen your network, or just getting others to buy into your vision, we'll help you dramatically transform your business and life by communicating more effectively, improving your leadership skills, and reinvesting time back into your family. You're only one good conversation away from transforming your business and your life, so let's start the conversation with your host, Greg Rice. Today, I'm speaking with Eric Kwarzynski about a
2: topic that i love which is storytelling eric is a master video and audio storyteller and he's host of the good story podcast but he also hosts a really important podcast by the name of preacher boys which focuses on abuse that happened in the independent baptist fundamentalist movement he's also producing a documentary which will be coming out soon on that same topic so we talk a lot about the power of storytelling and how to do it really well We also talk talk about how he's using different mediums to make a big impact through creating stories. And we even talk a little bit about how to have empathetic conversations around really difficult and painful topics. So this is a powerful and inspiring episode, and you're going to walk away with a few tips on how to be a better storyteller. So Eric, thanks so much for being on the Art of Communication podcast. Really excited to have you join me today to talk a little bit about storytelling, the power of storytelling, and, and how to do it well and effectively. It's one of my favorite topics. So, so thank you for being on. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So I'd love to kind of go back to, no, I don't want to say the beginning, but just kind of telling your story, if you will, for how your, story, your storytelling journey began, if that makes sense. How'd you get into storytelling? Yeah.
0: I mean, so I am the son of a literature teacher which kind of got me started on that road pretty early. My mom was an avid reader and pushed us to read like very, like we were reading through huge book series and stuff at a very young age. She was huge into movies, music, like she really fueled that creative side. And I I was super fascinated by all that stuff. And my my first interest in storytelling was really, I mean, probably seven eight. Like I was I was watching a black and white Errol Flynn movie and I remember someone getting stabbed on a pirate ship and the sword you could see was literally just going through their arm and they were holding it there <laughs> in a classic theatrical kind of sword fight. And I just remember thinking like, oh, this is a, like that was when it registered, like this is a movie, like this is someone made this and it's pretending. Mm-hmm. People are pretending and they get paid to pretend and I'm watching someone pretend from a long time ago and I thought that was really cool yeah. and yeah my friend's dad spent a lot of money on camera equipment they didn't know how to use and every <laughs> time he upgraded his cameras uh, he'd give us his old cameras so from the age of like literally like seven eight nine we were like trying to figure out the VHS camcorder and shooting videos in his backyard and just kind of going from there so I've been, I've been storytelling, you mentioned storytelling effectively. I've been storytelling since I was a little kid, effectively. <laughs> uh, it's debatable when that started, but, uh, but I've always been interested in being able to create. That's always been like what I've been into. My brother was the math, the math nerd. I was the, the kid drawing every morning. So uh,
2: it, It's interesting that you kind of went into more video-oriented storytelling and even audio-oriented storytelling versus kind of writing when your parents had such a literary background. Right,
0: yeah, I I definitely was a little bit. It was that was I was not a rebellious kid, but I think we all have that thing—the thing we're pushed to do the most we don't do. So, so when I was in high school, I wasn't worried about reading at all, um, and I didn't care about it because it was like, I know you want me to read this book. I don't want to read it. I want to do my own thing. So I was still creative and still doing story stuff, but I just dropped reading during that time period and didn't pick it up till graduating. Uh, But I did, I did actually write for about two years. Um, I blogged pretty consistently and that was kind of how I rekindled that, that love, but everything's an ebb and flow writing, you know, videography
2: and now a lot of audio work. So. And there's clearly writing and the understanding of writing involved in all of that, right? Right, um, right. Even yeah. if you're not necessarily writing a book, um, so that's yeah, that, that that's really interesting. So when did when did you get the bug? I know that you you started doing some kind of documentary type work, right? So tell me a little bit about that, and when you really got excited about video storytelling.
0: Right. Yeah. Um, video storytelling was something that I was interested in i mean all through high school my idea was like i want to make horror movies that was like my big thing that i wanted to do and i still have a couple ideas rolling around but it, it, i just ended up really i went to a, a church growing up my dad works at a church still to this day and i just ended up shooting a lot of event footage like anytime we'd have a big gathering at the church I'd, or a special day i'd be running around with the camera you know 15 16 making recap videos that they'd show sunday and like it was fun for me. It was like, I get to see an audience, watch my stuff, you know, that's kind of cool. And, uh... Um,
2: was scary at the same time.
0: Yeah, and scary. But <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I kept doing that stuff and I ended up, it's a long story, but I ended up meeting someone at a Christian camp, uh, one of the, who's, he wasn't one of the counselors, but one of the guys running the camp. And I just kind of found out he did creative work and just threw up all of this stuff that I had done on him and said, like, I've done this, I've done these designs and I showed him everything. And we we kind of stayed in touch. And then my senior year, he called me and said, hey, I know you're signed up to go to college, but he's like, if you would prefer, I would like to send you to India in August. So this is like June. Wow. This is like June. I was like, just, I just, or no, it was like April or May. I was just about to graduate. It was like a month out. He's like, if you'd prefer, don't go to college and I'll send you to India to work on a documentary. And I was like, I'll be there. So, so, uh, What did your parents say? They had to be like, what? They were, my parents were actually super supportive. Yeah. My, my, the, (laughs) my, uh, some of my staff at the school were not super excited about it and had other plans for me, but my parents were super supportive and just said, we don't understand the stuff that you do, but this seems like a huge opportunity. And so I, um, I was on a plane, like literally like two months out of high school, and went to India and we spent three weeks there shooting a documentary and it was, that was a great experience. And it kind of took away my desire to do fictional storytelling and put in my mind, like, man, there's all these stories nobody's told that are true stories. So it yeah. put that documentary bug in, in a big way. So
2: Yeah. And I mean, I guess a good documentary, a good story about something that's really happening that you didn't see before, right? You didn't have visibility into is always right. really powerful and I mean, why do you think stories are just so impactful for people when they're told well? I think
0: the biggest thing it is is it it gives you a window into how other people think and live. And I think the most powerful stories, even even movies, in a lot of ways, uh, movies help you to understand someone else's struggles or successes or dreams, and you know, just little stuff like I, I talked to. Um, we both know Travis Chapel. I talk to him all the time about how tra- um, travel changes your perspective. Mm-hmm. And coming out of a pretty strong religious background, it wasn't super uncommon to hear like, you know, I wouldn't say intentionally offensive, but misguided rhetoric about people who live in Muslim-majority countries or things like mm-hmm. that. And I just remember thinking like, I wish that I could take people with me to meet some of these people. and. They could just understand how they think and understand that these are real people and they're not a caricature. And I felt that way every country I've been to. Like uh, I remember going to Cuba and like feeling like, man, I wish people could get to meet Cuba. Like they're not all these like whatever the media portrays people to be. Um, but but that's something that in everything I've done. Like whether it's the podcast, whether it's. Video, I love just being able to strip away all of the preconceived notions of what it is and just plant a camera and say, like, or a microphone and say, Mm. here's what they are, here's who this person is, here's their perspective, and
2: see how that can influence people. Um, Yeah, I I love that. That really resonates with me. You probably don't know this about me, but so we have five kids, four of them are adopted, two are from Guatemala, two are from China. And when both of those, so we spent, we lived in Guatemala for a few months here and there adopting the younger kids. And then we brought the two kids home from China older. We spent two weeks there. Same deal. It opens your eyes so much to just how other folks live. And at the end of the day, they're really similar to us, right? They're just people trying to live a good life and loving their families and their friends and the people around them and trying to do good things. But, um, you know, even now, so my kids who I adopted from Guatemala are currently 12 and 14. They came home as babies. Um, you know, you try to talk to them about the level of poverty in Guatemala and what folks are suffering there and they understand it, but they don't really comprehend it. Right. And, and so we really, this summer we were thinking about going back with them and on like a heritage tour, but it's probably not going to happen this summer now, but maybe yeah, next right. summer we'll be able to do that, right. you, know? you know? So it's seeing the way other folks live can be transformational, I think. Right. It's amazing. Yeah. There's
0: just so much that we don't even know exists. Like, I, I, I mean travel and I mean the travel and storytelling stuff goes hand in hand with me because I'm often traveling doing that stuff so Mm -hmm. it's it's just crazy like and people always it's funny trying to tell someone like oh I just got back from here and they ask a question about you know is it like this and you're like no it's nothing like that like (laughs) I, I remember getting back from Rwanda and someone was like Oh man, that must have been tough. And I was like, actually, it's probably the most beautiful place I've ever been in my life. But, but okay, (laughs) you know, it's just. But it's something that that's kind of what's cool about a camera is you get to literally, if you're good at what you do, you can take people along for the ride, and it can impact people. Same with the audio side as well. Like, I'm now I'm doing it with a microphone, which I used to not think would be as effective, but it's proving to be pretty effective
2: as well. So. So how how do you tell a good impactful story to get people's attention? Um I think I mean it kind of plays into what I what I've
0: been saying is like when you're telling a documentary story you have to have a compelling lead character and find what makes and I think everybody has something that's compelling about them you just have to find out what it is and then you have to allow them to speak for themselves and I think the the weakest documentaries or podcasts or anything like that, weakest interviews is when you go in saying, like, I know this person is like this, and I'm going to ask questions that get that soundbite I want out, as Mm -hmm. opposed to finding out what's important to them and allowing them to share it. Because the most beautiful interviews, no matter what they are, video, interview, written, are when someone lets down their guard and just speaks freely about what matters to them. And I think in the fiction world, it's the same thing. It's a compelling character. If you have a compelling character, you can have anything else in the movie. You can have a weaker shooting style. You can have weaker lighting. But if the character is compelling enough, people are going to watch. Now, look, I like doing the visual side too and making it look good, but, <laughs> but the compelling character is important. And I think my, my lit teacher mom would be uh, excited about me saying that. So. <laughs>
2: So you drop in India to do this documentary or any documentary? How how hard is it to find that compelling character to send it? Because you have an idea of the story you want to tell, but you probably don't have a character ready made sitting there waiting for you, right?
0: Well, yeah. So that's actually a good example because we went to India with a plan in mind, and we did it with the idea of here's the story, here's the outline. And here's where we're going to shoot. Like there was a school we had lined up and I don't think anybody actually knows this, but we went to go film and we got to this like pastor school slash orphanage and we rolled in and like the first interaction with the people and like just through conversation, we're like, Oh, these people are not who we thought they were. And this is like, these people are really sketchy and they're definitely not being super genuine about what they're saying. And, so we kind of spent the first week and a half of the project saying, what's our story? Like, we don't have a story. We just spent, we spent like 30K in all this stuff to get ready for this. And it ended up being one of the guys who was just, how we he was visiting. So we were with the missionary family and it was just one of the guys that they were discipling was just a really young, unassuming guy. He met us in the mall and was like, hey, what's up? And Kind of hung out with us and was like our helper, translator, stuff like that, on and mm-hmm. off. And like after talking to him for a couple hours, we're like, he's the story. So we're like, you want to be in this documentary? So we ended up just flipping the cameras. And that was the, like, we didn't know he existed until that moment. And the next week and a half, we're shooting this story about this guy who's amazing. And we're able to go home and say, like, we have a story way better than what we would have had had we gone in the direction we wanted. So you have to be, you just have to be flexible and you have to be ready to, like I said, you have to be ready to say like, my idea was really bad. And there's a much better idea that's sitting there right in front of me. And not a lot of people can identify that. Too many people go in saying like, here's what I want and I'm going to get that. And they'll bend everything they can to get there instead of just letting things evolve on their own.
2: Yeah. I think that's a great point, And I think, uh, you know something a lot of folks in business suffer from as well this is my idea this is my plan it's the right, right plan I won't be told anything different when we're almost all wrong with our first guess at anything right um, and we have to like the genius comes from figuring out you're wrong and then finding out what's right even if you have to do it 10 times
0: right well it's it's I invested so much already but it's like why invest more <laughs> into a bad idea yeah. like why not invest in the good idea and watch the return, you know?
2: Yeah, it's, a, it's also an interesting takeaway for me as you think about like in business, again, in leadership and sales, having a good character as a kind of the lead of any story, right? So thinking right. about if you're a leader, right, and somebody's really performing well and you want to let them shine to others so they perform similar, like highlighting what they're doing and, and kind of their character around doing that. Or from a sales perspective, you know talking about how other clients are succeeding with your products things like that I think could be really powerful from a storytelling perspective right yeah definitely it's
0: it definitely is and it's it's I mean all that stuff carries over into branding and business and have pivoted to help some people recognize that kind of stuff too it's it's beyond yeah. important
2: yeah yeah it's very cool so tell me about a story that has impacted you in a considerable way there's probably thousands of them but Right. Um,
0: I think the biggest stories that impact me are stories of creators. So like my, I can't believe it took me this long to think of this answer, but um, my childhood years when I did read and when I did watch, I spent a lot more time watching behind the scenes documentaries and Mm -hmm. I loved filmmakers. Like I, I still obsessively watch behind the scenes footage of filmmakers and one of my favorite, uh, one of my favorite discoveries is you can actually go if you go on YouTube and type in any given movie, it's like from the last several years, and you type in just B roll, you can literally watch like thirty minute cuts of just like people on set working on shots, and um, it, it's super boring if you're not into that stuff. But I love just watching like, oh, that's how they move the camera, that's how I did this. But yeah. a lot of the guys that really inspired me there's a director out of pittsburgh um he's passed away now uh, there's a director his name is george romero and um when i was a, a teenager i was like obsessively watched behind the scenes stuff of him read everything about him and basically he was a commercial filmmaker in pittsburgh and worked on a ton of different projects uh doing stuff for like laundry detergent commercials, things like that. And he eventually ended up writing a horror script with a buddy there, and it was Night of the Living Dead. Mm -hmm. And it became the penultimate, horror movie of all time like Stephen King said it scared his scared him his legs felt like jelly the first time I watched it you know (laughs) but I mean these guys were commercial filmmakers and they scooped up some extra money and made this movie and I just the reason I love his movies is because they feel super handmade like they feel like a couple guys got together and made a movie but not to take away from the professionalism but there is that it's not that veneer of Hollywood over them they feel like something that's attainable and one of the stories really early on that was powerful to me, and not because it was I necessarily related exactly to it, but it just made me realize like I'm not alone. There's other people who feel like I do and who have to create, was uh, when he was a teenager, he was arrested for throwing a um, burning dummy off a roof of a building for a, a shot. <laughs> And I just remember reading that and thinking like, man, that's the kind of dumb stuff that me and my friends would have gotten in trouble for making these videos. And just reading stories like that, that validate, like, this is something that if you apply yourself, if you do find the right stories, you can bring together a couple friends, you can bring together a small budget and make something that's really powerful and lasts the test of time. And so honestly i could say yeah a million stories because it's it's so many of these guys like sam raimi or george romero or fill in the blank of any filmmaker like um even reading like roger moore's book um my word is my bond like his work as an actor and like the thought process process there like yeah there's too many to think of (laughs) there's but uh any any creative story of like overcoming having no budget no time um especially now, like no budget, no time, like those stories. I'm like, yes, tell me about those. <laughs> I need all the advice I can get. Exactly. Uh, so I'm
2: from Pittsburgh originally, born and raised there. So oh, so he's with, local
0: uh, legend. Yeah. yeah. Yeah,
2: exactly. Exactly. Right. And, and good game from Pittsburgh, good guy. But that's another, I think, power of stories, though, is that it makes people know other people know that things are possible that they otherwise right. wouldn't even strive for. Right. It gives them a blueprint or at least lets them know that, hey, I can think about achieving this. I mean, you know, from Pittsburgh, I mean, that was something he really made that community,
0: like that was known for like steel and like industry. And like he was making Hollywood level movies out of Pittsburgh. Like that was Mm -hmm. inspiring to a ton of people there who were like, no one looks at us as like the artsy crowd, you know? And Mm so. That's really cool. Yeah, that's definitely... Uh, Pittsburgh's been on my must-travel list
2: for like a long time. To a long long time. Yeah. Well, it's a great city, yeah. Well, now really I know been... I have somewhere
0: to stay, so
2: that's good. I don't live there anymore, <laughs> though. Safe. Now I live in the Cincinnati oh. area. You can stay okay. with my parents, though. How about that? That's fine.
0: Yeah, they'll be okay with that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> or I'll, I'll come to stay at a hotel and have some fun, though. Um, we'll go to eating stuff. It's been a while since I've been home. Um, awesome. But it's they're going through a whole other transformation there now with a whole yeah. lot of tech and things like right. that, which is really exciting. But first... Have you ever thought about doing your own podcast? I'll tell you, if you're a business owner, you absolutely should be. There's no better way to get your name out there, to grow your network, and really develop a relationship with your customers. I can tell you in the short time that I've been doing this podcast, I've already had conversations with top global influencers, Fortune 500 CEOs, and a host of other really cool people that I otherwise would not have had the opportunity to connect with. But you might be thinking, hey, it might be really hard to do a podcast, I don't know where to start, or I just don't have time. But I'll tell you, if you work with my friends at World Class Media, they make it super easy. That's who I worked with. With their done-for-you podcast, literally, all I have to do is just record the episode and they do everything else. From end-to-end, including all editing and production, development of my intro and outro and music, my artwork and website, development of my show notes, and submission of my show to all the major podcasting mediums. They even created my social media cards. And they offer me coaching along the way as well to help me to become a world-class podcaster right out of the gate. So if you've ever considered starting a podcast, you owe it to yourself to talk to world-class media because I tell you, it's a lot easier than you think. So just go to gregjrice.com backslash done for you to learn more about the Done For You podcast service and to set up a free consultation. All right, let's hop into the show. So it's kind of talking about creative folks and how they've inspired you. I'd love for you to just tell me a little bit about the podcast um, that you're working on, right? The Good Story podcast and kind of what you're learning from talking to those kind of folks about how they develop stories.
0: Right, yeah. Um, No, I just launched the Good Story podcast this year right on the heels of my my first podcast, uh, Preacher Boys, which was a few months earlier. And I was like, what's harder than starting a podcast? I'll start too. Uh, so, um, <laughs> but it's been awesome. Yeah, I've I'm, I'm been interviewing creatives and I've, I've still been recording a ton and batching a ton of interviews, but I've gotten to talk to... The producer of uh, Extreme Makeover Home Edition. I've gotten to talk to the producer, one of the producers for Trauma, which is the oldest, like most successful independent film studio, like ever. <laughs> um, they exactly. make these crazy, crazy movies. Um, and I've gotten, to, I've got to interview someone who's worked with companies like Pepsi and worked for uh, American Airlines, producing IMAX uh, shorts about their planes and shooting. He was a he was a pilot slash composer and filmmaker (laughs) and um yeah yeah, this hasn't even come out yet but yeah i sat down with him and i was like so tell me about yourself he's like well he's like i got a job working as a composer at walt disney and so i would fly my plane in to walt disney (laughs) from san diego and land at the airport there then drive to disney and compose and then I started flying to airports and pitching them on commercials. And I was like, what? I was like, <laughs> I was like I'm like, I'm like the master of being the jack of all trades, master of none. And uh, this guy was like mastering everything. He's like, yeah, I let this orchestra for Disney here. And then I was like, okay. So yeah, I get to talk to these people who are just these amazing storytellers. And whether it's, you know, Steve Berkowitz, who does reality TV, or Fred Ashman doing, you know, aerial cinematography and music composition, like it's really amazing getting to hear how these guys tell stories in a unique way. And um, I mean, like the reality TV one broke some of my mindsets about reality TV. Like you would think with like a documentary background, I'd be like, give more respect. But I was like, I walked away from that conversation going like, Oh, it's like an art. Like, this is like a guy that knows how to tell a story. And so, um, yeah, I'm the podcast has been doing well. I've gotten to talk to a lot of really cool people and, yeah, I've actually got an interview lined up with like one of my like all time like heroes oh, movie wise. So that's pretty cool. I don't want to say the name because then I'll cancel.
2: <laughs> so I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> just yeah, we'll, up for now. we'll wait till it drops. But that's that's awesome. Yeah. that's awesome. Fred, and yeah. I'm sure you're learning a ton just about telling stories in different ways from oh, different yeah, viewpoints for sure. and. Um, things that you can take on to hopefully continue to tell better stories as well, right? right. So then you also mentioned the Preacher Boys podcast, which I know right. deals with some challenging subject matter, right? So if you could maybe tell right. us a little bit about that, I think that'd be awesome.
0: Yeah, so I grew up in uh, what's called the independent the independent Fundamental Baptist movement, um, and so it's a it's a very fundamentalist conservative background, and my specific experience wasn't terrible, but I was in a network of churches where there is a lot of abuse that takes place and um, there's been some big stories that have broke about it but there hasn't been consistent reporting on it and I've waited I've been telling my wife sick of hearing it. I, I was telling her for like six years. I was like, I'm gonna do a documentary. I'm gonna do a documentary. I'm gonna do something and um, this year I finally did it i spliced together basically a two-minute kind of proof of concept for a documentary and put it out and like overnight it was like a couple thousand views with no marketing no existence before then and i started basically what happened is i put that out and then within the next like 24 48 hours i had about 20 to 25 messages in my inbox of stories People wow. saying, this happened to me, this happened to me. Without
2: even reaching that, out about that, without right? Without
0: reaching out, no marketing, no, like it was literally, I, I made it, dumped it on a page and like shared it to my personal account and then people started sharing it. And yeah, people started reaching out with stories and then that just kept duplicating and like my inbox kept filling up and filling up and filling up. And I just realized like, okay, the documentary side is not going to be able to fit all these stories but all these stories need to be told Mm -hmm. so the podcast was an afterthought i was like i'll do a podcast and we put out the first episode and like within like the next couple days i was like i think it was like 1200 downloads or something which is for people that don't know about podcasts like that's insane like that doesn't happen (laughs) like and i don't mind even sharing this but my other show is like way way under like when i launched that it was like weeks and weeks and weeks and i was like oh 50 downloads great so that's that's super rare and once that show went out my inbox like quadrupled more stories more stories and um yeah now the show i mean i've i've done 27 episodes almost 30 episodes i think And I've interviewed several people. I've gotten to interview um, authors who specialize in sexual trauma. I've gotten to interview like former law enforcement agents. I'm reaching out to some other big names there. The show's been listened to in like a ton of countries and 60, or as of today, it's like 70,000 downloads. It's just crazy. Like it's been really, really successful. And a lot of people's stories have just brought a ton of awareness and the, the coolest thing about that show is every time I do an episode with somebody, my inbox gets hit, and even my guest's inbox get hit with, that's my story. Like you, That's exactly my story, and I felt like I was alone. And so getting to talk to someone who went through a horrific event, feels alone, and they finally share their story, and then all of a sudden, here's a community of four people who can all connect with each other and support each other. Like that's, I mean, that that's sums powerful. up good storytelling. Like That's the yeah. power... And I don't take credit for that. Like that's my guest being willing to share like their powerful perspective. And now, I mean, there's a community on Facebook. There's people connecting and supporting each other and recommending therapists and books. And it's it's pretty cool. So that's, that's been a really that's my uh, that's my uh, passion right now for sure. Is that that show?
2: Very cool. Now, do you find it hard sometimes to get them to open up during the interview? I mean, obviously they're kind of volunteering themselves to do it. So I assume right. they're coming. Ready to open up, but still, the you can it can be difficult to talk about those kinds of things for sure,
0: right? Yeah, it um, oh, I, I should. Well, this ties into what my answer should have been um, earlier to what story impacted me, but but um, yeah, it's it is difficult to to get people to open up, and there is a lot of conversation beforehand about what do you want to share. I have a lot of people that call and tell me their story and say, "I'm not ready to share. I just want you to know because your show's helped me." And like, mm-hmm. I don't take those for granted at all. Like, that's super mm-hmm. impactful and touching, and you know, it's that means the world to me because that's that's why I do the show, and so that's really awesome. But also, um, there's been a lot of people who have done great work in this field before, like Sarah Smith uh, with the um, Star Telegram. Did a huge series on this movement and abuse within it. And I've taken a lot of pages from her book on how she's worked with victims and how she asked good questions, how she respected boundaries and things like that. The team that at the Boston Globe that did Spotlight, like I've 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 watched Spotlight probably, I mean, ten times. Like I love that movie. And, you know, reading their book and the way that they dealt with victims was amazing. So yeah, spotlight. I should have. If I want to be cohesive, I would have said spotlight was a story that really impacted me because I thought, why nobody do this for my church? But yeah, just following the people who have done it well, and I've seen a lot of people who do this horribly, and so knowing what to sidestep. So, but again, at the end of the day, like when I get on a call with someone who has been abused. Sometimes I'm, I did it today. Like I instinctively was like, well, let's talk about your college experience, right? Like when we hop on and she said, well, no, I think it's more important to talk about my home, my home life. And I was like, oh, so the interview, if I would have just pushed and said like, well, fit this agenda or this thing, she would have just, Yeah, she would have answered the question, but she opened up and said, This is what's important to me. And I was able to ask questions along those lines. And if you ask people to talk about what they care about, you they're not gonna have a guard up. Mm -hmm. It's when you're asking, tell me about something that you don't talk about, you know, or tell me about something that doesn't really pertain to you, but it fits my narrative. That's when you start losing people and start But I've had people share crazy stuff on the show that it's not because I'm a great, like, I gotcha, like, I got you to say it. It's because we built a lot of good rapport
2: and I let them share and take the lead on the conversation. Yeah, yeah and it is delicate. I mean, you can do a lot of damage if you did it poorly, if you did it the wrong way, oh, like you said, a lot of people do. Right. Uh, but on the flip side, I think, and and you probably agree with this, right? Telling the story is probably very healing for them in in a way. I mean, I, to a yeah, degree, I'm sure it, 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 there's something good about it for them when they tell the story.
0: Yeah, it's 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 super therapeutic to share. And again, for anybody listening, like there is a you have to be ready to share the story. I, I had a trauma specialist on who talked about that, like sharing at the wrong time can be just as traumatic as going through the experience. But at the time they're ready to share, it's usually it felt good to finally say that, or it felt good to finally share that, or I had somebody who was very nervous. Like I told him like, Hey, your episode comes out tomorrow. And they were like, you know, (laughs) they just responded with an expletive. I don't want to curse on your show. Um, But they just said, (laughs) yeah, they were just like, Oh, good. Uh, So, so their episode came out, but they got messaged by somebody like who said, my story is exactly like yours. And they said, this is so cool. I'm so glad I shared. And even for me, like, doing the interviews is super draining, but it's helped me work through a lot of traumas and stuff that I've experienced. And and now I feel comfortable sharing because I know I have a community of people that have risen up around the show that I can be open about that stuff with. So it's super, super cool.
2: Yeah, Yeah, no, that's amazing. It's beautiful, man. It's it's great work you're doing there. Have you gotten any pushback from the church? I'm curious.
0: A little bit. Um, I've had, so the way that they operate is generally to ignore it unless it becomes like super, super damaging. So I know at some point it's going to get too big and I'll get some more feedback, but they tend to just ignore stuff and hope it goes away. So, not a ton. I've had a couple people that have, you know, messaged me like, what are you doing or why do you hate the church or which I'm like, well, I say on the show I'm a Christian, but it's fine. Um, so I've had stuff like that, but I haven't had like organizational pushback yet. Um, aside from like, I had a couple colleges and stuff block me on Twitter, but that's not really whatever. <laughs> that's that's yeah. not huge. Yeah. I'd rather them do that than, you know, sue me. So I'll <laughs> take the block. <laughs> but, but, uh, yeah i mean i i know it's coming and i know i think the documentary will probably lure some more of that out than the the podcast even when um, is the
2: documentary coming
0: uh next year or so um early 2021 is still on target i think to hit it's it really hasn't slowed i thought the coronavirus stuff would slow this down but it really hasn't it's just given me a little bit more time to like lay out what i want it to be as far as like and i know i said don't lay it out but Because I'm interviewing people now, I already know who I want to interview in the documentary. And I already am like, that's kind of been the cool hack is like the podcast has let me vet guests to see who's going to share the best story for the documentary side. So really, I think I'll be able to knock out the documentary pretty quickly. Uh, If things open up the way they're supposed to in the next month or two, I should be able to knock everything out by the end of the year and get done with post maybe March 2021, release it
2: around then yeah that's that's great definitely you know let me know would love to kind of check it out when it comes out it sounds like it's gonna be very powerful stuff yeah absolutely um so just shift gears a little bit just kind of a couple questions like to ask everybody who's on the show and then we'll kind of i want to be respectful of time so we'll kind of pull up there but the first one is a little bit similar to the question earlier though but this one's about a conversation right not a story but i really believe in the power of conversations and curious if there's any conversations you can point to in your life that have had a significant impact on the direction that you've taken um so
0: the two. okay so there's two so the, on the business side it is kind of what shifted me back into really focusing on story and and just really perfecting the craft side of like how to tell a good story and uh, that was with the guy that called me out to fresno his name is dan and he he said look he's like, I can see what you're trying to do with your shots. He's like, you're super creative. You're trying to do every shot to be like the coolest shot that's ever been. And he's like, but a bunch of shots, I forget how I worded it, but he basically said like a bunch of cool shots doesn't make a good video. And he's like, you need to make sure that they're telling a good story and make sure that you're actually spending the time educating yourself how to get the shot the right way. He's like, sometimes I can see you're getting a cool angle, but the color looks horrible or this, you know, and so... It was a lot of those conversations that really helped me like focus on the things that are like the hard part for me, which is, or at least at the time it was like, I wanted to just do my Michael Bay style, like spinning shot around something and be out. And he really forced me to be like, why are you shooting this way and make sure like all your technical elements and your story elements line up. Um, So those conversations, like there's a million with him that I could mention. And then the other conversation I would say just the conversations with my parents, and again, there's a lot of them, but I would say every time that I begin to doubt what direction I wanted to go, like I've always had parents that say, we support you and we know that you're going to make the best decision for your gift set. And so my parents, my, my mom did that when, I, when I, I did one of the episodes of Preacher Boy's and I mean, my parents are still in that movement, definitely not the same extreme version as everything else, but
1: yeah.
0: it's still difficult. It's still a little tense that you know, I'm doing something like that. Yeah. But she mess- I, I did a post about always questioning and always fighting and being hard headed and just pushing back on stuff. And she sent me a message just right after she saw the post saying like, don't ever, she said basically don't ever lose the, the ability to question and the ability to fight. And, you know, like that kind of stuff means a ton, especially when your parents have enough trust in you to have that precision and say like, okay, we understand what he's trying to do. And yeah, they'll nudge me back on the road a little bit. Like if I start veering off into something, but throughout my entire life, that's always been the case. Like it's, it's been encouraging and providing as many resources as they can to develop my dreams and, and skills. And I didn't realize till now interviewing people, like how few people have that. And it, yeah. it really it really is like, and I try to do that now, like I have a kid of my own. I'm like, I hope that's how they feel about me is that I push them to do the same thing.
2: So yeah. I'm sure that you will. It's so powerful when the people that mean the most to you really support you like that. And, and right. for them in a scenario where they're still part of the church and um, could very well be against what you're doing, um, right. to support you that way is, is amazing right yeah definitely that's great that's great so completely different question for the second one not nearly as as deep or thoughtful i don't (laughs) think but a lot of people ask me about first impressions right so i always like to ask if you're meeting somebody for the first time what's the single thing they can do to most impress you or or most uh, make you feel like that's somebody i want to connect with and spend more time with oh that's tricky um I feel like
0: I'm super, super empathetic, so I can read pe- and I can read people really well, and so I generally know within the first five, five, ten minutes of meeting someone how I feel about them, and I'm usually pretty spot on. Um, but as far as what impresses me, I would just say, I mean, humility. I mean, it's super cliche, but humility is a big thing, and I really, and I think a lot of it's from the like the kind of more crazy religious background is like there was a lot of pride and like I'm better than you kind of Mm -hmm. mindset and so I can pick that out really fast if someone comes in and the easy way to tell is like when someone comes in and they ask hey what do you do and how are you and they ask about you that usually jives a little bit better than when someone comes in and says, like, yes, yeah, so I've been working on this cool project and know all these cool people. And, you know, that tends to rub me the wrong way. And I don't mind people talking about that. Like, there's a time to talk about it. But mm-hmm. when people open with genuine concern or care about who you are, that plays really well. And I think that's, for me, there's people that just are genuinely, like, for other people, and uh just tying into that like people that are not afraid to see other people succeed is is big too like when i see someone in the back going like oh look so and so is doing really well with this and it's but you know i avoid those people like the plague like yeah that's that's why i choose the people that's why i moved to vegas like there's two guys in vegas i work with a ton um you know travis i work with another guy named ben doing marketing work and stuff and like both of them are the same way like i watch them help other people succeed without getting anything in return all the time. Mm-hmm. And that's like, okay. that's like, yep, I'll work with you for a long time if you're that personality for sure. So I'm not Very the alpha cool. male guy. I'm not, that's
2: not my, my,
0: my scene. <laughs>
2: <So>. <laughs> Very <laughs> cool. No, that, that's great stuff. It's not necessarily cliche. It's, it's just honest cliches are there for a reason, right? Because right. they're true. Yeah. enough. Um, all right. Next question. Thinking about kind of your journey, that you've been through, right? And, and what you've been creating and, and everything you've done along the way. If you look back, is there a communication skill that you wish you had in more abundance that would have made it easier to achieve what you've done? If that uh, question makes sense.
0: Yeah, listening. <laughs> I think my <laughs> w- when I was in high school, um, I used to be a really shy kid, really, really shy. And then something switched and I became ultra extroverted. Like I was the dorky kid at Six Flags, like trying to get high fives from every random stranger and like talk to people and you know, drop pickup lines on girls. And like I was super, super, super out there, like just won't shut up. And I still have that trait that comes on sometimes. But what I didn't have was the ability to really sit down and listen to someone's perspective. And and when I say listen, I also mean like hear it through their lens and not through my own lens like it's i just wish i could have there's a lot of conversations i've had throughout my life and a lot of experiences i've had where i wish i would have been able to just openly receive the information without filtering it through my through my lens and through my worldview. um and yeah i mean that's that's the biggest thing and especially with interviewing and such like i wish that was something i would have learned early on luckily with the podcast i feel like i've been able to really know that and be aware of that going in because i've Mm -hmm. i've done the video side and like messed up asking people questions and stuff like that but on the podcast i like today's episode i maybe talk like four times but it's because i i had them on to talk not i didn't have them on to talk to them (laughs) Mm -hmm. myself like to preach to them i had them on to share their story so listening is a really valuable skill and i say that
2: you know, after rambling on about the answer, but. but <laughs> That's funny. But yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's a critical skill. And I think it's really hard for all of us. It's something I'm definitely trying to get better at and catch myself all the time with the need to listen better. Either I'm thinking about something else or I'm thinking about what question I want to ask or I'm thinking about how I disagree, you know. Right. Or, or That's or the hardest knows. one.
0: When you're <laughs> yeah. thinking like,
2: no, I don't agree with that at all. But you have to sit there and, <laughs> and think about like, it. Like, yeah, right. exactly. It's sort of trying to quiet my mind and focus on, what they're trying to get across is is definitely a challenge. But the more I do it, kind of the better I get. So it comes with practice, I think. So last question, Just if you could give someone three pieces of advice around being a great communicator or a great storyteller, in this case, what would you tell them?
0: Um, I mean, I don't want to re- I don't want to repeat the same thing I said, but I mean, listening is huge. Um, allowing and and I'll I'll expand on that a little bit too. Is like if you're if you're a filmmaker or anything like that sometimes listing means showing people in their natural state and not um, really good just quick example like that was one thing I noticed after shooting in India because India I love I've been to India like four times and I I mean I moved there for a short period like I love India and yeah it's it's amazing like it's the people there are the reason I love it. Like, there's some of the friendliest people I've ever met in my life are in India. And, like, the culture is very extroverted and let's hang out for five hours and talk. And I love that stuff. And, you know, one of the things that makes me really sad when I watch documentaries from India is. A lot of times people focus on telling the narrative of, you know, it's a poorer country or they show the shot. Like every documentary, it's like, here's the shot of the kids bathing in the street. And, you know, and that, that is part of it. And I understand you you have to give some perspective and stuff. But a lot of times people miss the, the – it just make it feel like a dull – wasteland and it's like this is a vibrant culture of color and people people laughing and smiling and some hilarious people there that are the dancing and the music and it's like and when you sit there and talk to someone from there they're not spending the whole time pitying themselves about their condition like they're incredibly joyful and happy and so the best documentaries and films that come out of that area really focus on like the smiles the excitement like the like you said like People everywhere are a little bit the same, like they're trying to impress the girl down the street and they're, but you lose that when you paint your own caricature of who somebody is. And the more recent example of that, and I'll, I'll just make this my second one, but it's being open-minded too. Me and Travis flew out to New York, I produced his show, and you know we went to interview Tommy Laren and... On the way there, I was like, are you sure you need me? Do you want to just go by yourself? You know, I was like, I don't jive with a lot of stuff that, you know, Tommy Lahren says. And, you know, but we got done with that interview and I walked away saying like, I have a respect for her that I didn't have before. And, you know, I still disagree vehemently with a lot of her political views, but I was like, she's not dumb. She's not, like, she's very intelligent. She's a great, I mean, super hard worker, crazy entrepreneurial mindset like a million great lessons can be learned from her and if I wouldn't have given her the time of day to talk or it wouldn't have given her the time of day to actually hear what she was saying I never would have gotten that insight and the lessons that I did learn from that conversation and from hearing that said I would have missed if I would have shut myself off so yeah listen have an open mind and um, I mean it all kind of ties together but just when you share it don't don't trim out, don't trim things out to fit your agenda. I guess it all. I, I, that's what's really bad. And that's why I like documentaries. Is like you, you can be super honest. Mm-hmm. Just don't be dishonest with your storytelling. And you know, I see it, it. You see it all the time with people doing sound bites and the news. Everyone hates the news for doing this, like cutting down to a five-second sound bite that makes someone sound like the devil. Listen to people. Allow yourself to hear what they're saying and have an open mind, and then share the truth, whether it be ugly or good, share the truth. And uh, if you do that, I think you can be a good storyteller because the story is kind of the good stuff rises to the top. When you have to manufacture
2: something, there's a lot more chance of messing it up anyway. So, sure, certainly. Now that's great. And certainly, uh, significant need in our country right now, I think, to be able to listen to each other and, and instead of argue about things, try to understand each other's point of view and find that right. right middle spot. It's it's really hard to do, but something that I think we all need to do, including right. myself. Right. So um, just... I guess this is officially the last question, but where can folks <laughs> find you?
0: Um, I mean, my biggest, uh, just because I have a project coming out with it in the podcast now, uh, Preacher Boys doc. That's PreacherBoysDoc.com. Um, they can kind of see like what I'm working on there. Uh, you can find the podcast and um, I'll have stuff for the documentary up there as soon as I'm able to start filming <laughs> again. Uh, that'll be good. And uh, the other place people can find me and uh, this will have to go in the show notes. That's uh, at East Korzynski. Um, I haven't been able to think of a shorter title for myself, but um, at East Korzynski <laughs> on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Instagram is like my—it's uh, like my heaven. It's all visual storytelling. So,
1: yeah,
0: uh, and then Twitter's where I, you know make dumb jokes so <laughs> anywhere people want to connect that's those are the best places as uh, preacherboysdoc.com and then uh, the good story podcast on itunes uh, or spotify
2: too people can check that out so very cool definitely check those out powerful stuff there and i really that's enjoyed the conversation sweet. man so thank you thank you for the yeah. time today i love talking with you and i just hope that you have a great day good luck with everything that you're you're working on there i'm looking forward to seeing the documentary when it comes out
0: awesome thank you so much
2: yep thank you
1: Don't let the momentum stop now. Continue your path towards connecting at another level by joining the Communication Nation. We'll be discussing today's topics as well as more real-world solutions to transforming your life personally and professionally at facebook.com slash groups slash join the Communication Nation. Remember, you're only one good conversation away from transforming your business and life, and that conversation starts right here on The Art of Communication.